0: This is a presentation of BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. The Power Play Post Show is on the air, covering minor league hockey since 2003, and now covering the Binghamton Black Bears, with news, reactions, and in-depth interviews only heard here. And now, from the Fox Studios in Kirkwood, New York, here is your host of the Power Play Post Show, Bob
1: Howard. And hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Power Play Post Show. This is the show for October 19th, 2023, season 13 Lucky, season 13, episode number 2 and uh episode 387 in the long running podcast that is the Power Play Post Show. I am your host Bob Howard. Thank you very much for joining me this week. I I'm very excited uh, for the show. First of all, we get to break down the first game of the season, which um, I just ran the numbers, and they've won all three home openers in the first three seasons of the Binghamton Black Bears. So that's, that's a very cool stat um, and everything. So at home is where they like to play, and so far they've won all three home openers um, in the Visions Veterans uh, Memorial Arena. Which is pretty cool. So, but we got a great show. Uh, but let's talk a little about the the things I need to talk about first. First of all, the Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to the Facebook and uh, search for Power Play Post Show and share of any of our show posts or any of the posts that we post on there to all your friends. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. And of course, on this episode of the Power Play Post Show, I'm very excited to have with me today. And I had a nice long conversation with him. Some that you will hear, some that you won't hear. But from the Binghamton Black Bears, the Director of Media Relations and Broadcasting, he is, of course, is Brooks Hill. Uh, we talked a little bit about where he grew up down in Wake Forest, North Carolina uh, about him. He's I'll tell you right now, I don't know how much of this really makes the air because uh, we talked uh, two different times. Uh, but he's a, he loves lacrosse. Lacrosse is like one of his passions. He played it in college. and uh, as he was becoming a uh, broadcaster and everything in college, he played lacrosse. He played lacrosse in high school. And uh, so very interesting. Uh, Brooks Hill on the show this week. Very glad to have him on. I got to meet him for the first time really in person um, last week for media day. And he did such a great job. And, you know, he walked into a really uh, tough situation. Um, he had only a couple weeks to get ready for the season last year. And he admits some things went a little rough, but I think the really big Benefit of him going through everything he went through last year is, is that this first game just really went off really well. At least from a viewer standpoint, the first game looked really good on YouTube. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, there was some stuff that happened during the day today. This is Wednesday evening as I'm recording this. so You can, guys can all listen to this on Thursday and, and Friday and Saturday as you're doing your normal things but the there was a little bit of news that kind of like, you know, kind of broke earlier today. We'll we'll get to that first, but I really want to talk about the breakdown of last week's win over the Elmira River Sharks. Uh Binghamton wins the first game of the season. It is at the home opener uh 7 to 3. Connor Smith had a stellar game in my opinion. Two goals, two assists for four points and uh had eight shots on goal. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the lineups a little bit later, but he was on a great line with uh, Brendan Stinko and of course Thomas Ray, who was playing in his first professional hockey game. Uh, speaking of shots on goal, uh, because uh, Connor Smith did have eight shots on goal, the team won the shot on goal category, sixty-one to thirty-five, and Brendan Stinko had eleven shots of his own. Uh, which was pretty impressive. I mean, just listen, you put pucks on nets, you're going to score eventually, and that's what Brandon Stako did, and he scored his first professional goal. Uh, he didn't get one last year at all, and it was good to see him get right on the board early, right? Some of these guys who got that first goal this season, it's done, it's over with. They can move on. Now they can just play their game. They don't have to worry about getting that first goal. Nikita Ivachkin, though, he's one of those guys, that, you know, he's got to get that first goal. Uh, Six players had two points or more. Smith, Ray, Kirkby and Stone, Jesse Anderson and Stinko. Uh, But five more players had a point. Uh, Liam Anderson, Logar, Dustin Gesso, Walters and Thompson. So that's 11 players that had a point or more in that game. That's pretty good. It's spreading out the wealth a little bit with the points and the the goals of the assists, and things of that nature. That's a good sign, first game. Good to see. Uh, Nikita Ivashkin had four shots on goal, looked good at moments, and did show some high skill. But I don't think we've seen his best play. Of course not. It's the first game. He had to sit in the last, what, 25, 20, 28 games, whatever it was, at the end of last season. So we haven't seen... Good Nikita Ivashkin. Yeah, but he had four shots on goal, and we'll take that. There was one play in the third period where he just poured it on. But, of course, their goaltender played really well. Netminder Nolan Egbert won in his debut, saving 32 and 35 shots, and I personally thought he looked good. Now, we're not going to see him this upcoming weekend. We are going to see um, the two other goalies. I think as long as they got a 22-man roster, uh, Coach Sherwood wants to see what he's got in these other two goalies, so more than likely you're going to see uh, Connor Mack, and I just don't want to butcher the name, so I'm not even going to try. So Connor Mack will probably play Friday night, and uh, Levecki will be in uh, on Saturday. Now, obviously, this is knowledge that I'm passing along. I'm hoping that it sticks through, but we'll we'll see. But that's what I think is expected, is those two goaltenders will get a shot. So Nolan Egbert, he can just work on his game a little bit in practice. We'll go from there, okay? Um, moving on, the the mess at the end of the game. Okay, so at the end of the game, there was definitely some rough stuff. I think Brendan Stinko got, you know, uh, attacked from behind uh, after a face-off. I mean, he literally turned around, and he was heading... The one way where the puck was, and the Almira River Shark—I think it was his name was Poser or Posner—I probably said it wrong—basically uh, jumped him from behind, and uh, it, it just got ugly. And I and I think I don't think this is that's—I don't think that's the team that Tyler Jurich wants to coach. I don't think that's the team that Tyler Jurich would be proud of. So I personally don't think that we're going to see that from Omira all the time. However, they probably started something now with Binghamton, uh, rivalry-wise, that maybe wasn't even there last year with, a, with the Mammoth. But uh, I think uh, Coach George has a lot. I mean, and this is why, and I'll be perfectly honest with you folks, if the rumors come true and he gets on the ice and he plays a few games or whatever it might be, bad idea. He needs to just rely on being a coach. He's got instinct and skill that he could pass along to players. And I think the best place for him is behind the bench. But hopefully, he doesn't let his team do what they did at the end of that game. Now, that leads me to my next point, which is Coach Sherwood said to me he didn't want to see the 10-minute misconducts, said the game misconducts, But Kirkby, Jesso... Ivashkin, I'll got something. That's his three big players. He doesn't want to see that. Now let's you know take away Ivashkins. He probably said something to the ref that he shouldn't have said after he basically got plummeted to the ice, and he complained about it. And then they threw the the you know the book at him, right? But I think because of what Amira did at the end of that game, which is is to Stanko, which is is why Kirkby who basically, you know, mouthed off to Jurich. You know, Jurich got a penalty. Uh, There was a a man coming off the bench penalty. His team just lost control. But I think that's what affected Jesso, and of course it affected Kirkby, and, you know, those guys, you know, getting the boots and everything. That really, I almost, you can't hold it against Kirkby and and Jesso. but Ivashkin's probably could have been controlled. Ivashkin just needs to get up and skate back and let the let let Coach Sherwood talk to the referees. Let him be that voice in some cases, or maybe even Kirkby goes over to a referee a little bit later on and says, "Hey, did you see what happened to my boy Nikita?" You know that type of thing. So my my initial impressions of the game was. Happy that they scored. I think Coach Sherwood promised that this was going to be a team that could score. They did in the first game, right? But it's one game of fifty-eight. We are fifty-six. We have to see what happens the rest of the way. But I was impressed with the Lions. First of all, I thought the Lions were great. Okay, Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a few seconds. But let's talk about Mac Lewis and Justin Semeraro. Uh, they both returned uh, from loan. Noah Robinson and Noah Wild were released. So the two Noahs on the team uh, were released. We didn't see either one of them play. Obviously, they were there through camp and through practices, uh, but they did not play in Saturday's game. Mac Lewis and Je- uh, Justin Samarero are back. Uh, what was interesting was is that Quentin Roseboom was released. Um, So that was interesting. I think probably just uh, no interest, although he's a defenseman. Not sure what the situation is. I have not talked to Coach Sherwood about that at all. Uh, But uh, Mack Lewis and uh, Samara, you're going to see them in this weekend's games. I can guarantee you that. What does this do for the Lions for the upcoming weekend? Who's in and who's out? Okay, so let's talk about the Lions last week. Uh, First of all, you had Connor Smith, Brandon Stanko, and Thomas Ray. That was a great line. I I think that line just clicked really well throughout the whole game. I don't think there was even a learning curve for Thomas Ray. I think he just fit in really well. Uh, I think all three of them had goals. So Connor Smith had two, Stanko had one, Thomas Ray had one. That's four goals from one line. Uh, So they did really well there. Uh, I think Connor Smith was a plus five or Stanko was a plus five. Uh, Andrew Logar was on a line with Tyson Kirkby and Austin Thompson. That was a decent line. Now, you know what really I got out of that line was more of the kind of the physical, uh, you know, they, they back checked and forechecked really well. That's really what I saw out of that line. And I didn't expect that from Logar, but that's, I think we got that from all three you know and thompson and kirkby are tough guys don't get any you know don't misconcern miscon- like being able to score and the assist they're both of those guys are are tough guys on the ice they i wouldn't say they're overly physical in the sense that they're in, in you know they don't antagonize other teams but they can lay a check they can forecheck backcheck really well And so that line was very interesting. It almost felt like a traditional fourth line, and you have one of those guys that can give you one of those clutch, heart and soul kind of goals. That's what that line felt like to me, to me. And then you had the very interesting line. When I saw this line on paper or in the graphic when the Black Bears brought it out, I was like, whoa, wait a second here. You had Dustin Gesso, uh, Fletcher, and Ivashkin on the same line, and then Gamatsov he was the 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 ninth, or I'm sorry the 10th forward and he actually fit in he he would replace fletcher a few times 3 4 maybe 5 times in the game that was an interesting line right because i think what you were really hoping for Well, I think coach probably went into this thinking was like, I'm going to have Jess who's tough and who can score. I have Ivachkin, who's fast and who can score. And Fletcher was flying all over the place. As a center, I mean, he was just all over the place, right? Speed. I, I, I guarantee he thought going into that game that those guys were going to score the four goals that Connor Smith, Stanko, and Ray scored or at least match it, right? There's eight goals right there. And honestly, there were some people that watched the game against Elmira and thought, wait, this should have been 11, 12 goals, right? You know, we we had sixty-one shots on goal and and, and the, the fact that we only scored seven was probably pretty amazing. So if you have those three lines built very similar like that, where you have one that's a hard working line that Smith, Stanko, Ray, hardworking, and they just produce because just everything was going their way. Then you have Logar, Kirkby, and Thompson, the tough line. They they were gritty and they gutted out everything, and that they still scored a couple goals, right? But then you have Jesso, Fletcher, and Ivashkin. They score a goal, right? But you thought they were going to be the speedy and very high skilled line and you still win 7-3, to you don't really need a defense that is doing a lot. So who is out for Lewis and Salmarero? How do you get those guys in? Maybe no one. The team was successful last week, right? But I can tell you by just some knowledge that I know that more than likely you're going to see a couple guys – Things are going to change around just a little bit. First of all, I don't think Connor Smith is available for this upcoming weekend, okay? At least that's that's what I'm reading from what I've got here, okay? Ivochkin and Fletcher will still be together, okay? So, Jesso will move up with uh, Stinko and Ray. Connor Smith ain't going to be pr- probably there these two games, okay? So, what you'll see is Ivochkin and Fletcher together with Sal you're going to see potentially now this could change uh, the, what I'm saying here Friday when the the, the lines come out could be different you never know there's still two more practices there's a Thursday practice and a game day skate on Friday right so Thompson Kirkby Lewis potentially Jesso stinko Ray um, and we'll we'll see who the tenth guy is right so now some of the news that happened this week uh, or this morning. Well, uh, this afternoon, really, I guess you could say. Right? Let me go to the Fed site. So Matthew Billard was returned from the ECHL. Uh JC Moritz, the defenseman, was released. So you have one defenseman. Return and another defenseman is um, released uh, with GC Moritz. I'm a little surprised. We had a great interview. He was very excited for this. And Chad Lopez has failed to report. So um, the fail to report is very interesting because um, it, it looks like Chad Lopez, who was released from his uh, look-see that he was getting in the ECHL, and now the SPHL might come calling for Chad Lopez. So we'll see what happens there. So that's kind of like the, the news that came out um, this afternoon about those players. So you got Matthew Billard, you got JC Moritz is released. Chad Lopez failed to report, but he, likely he could be here in a couple of weeks if something doesn't stick in the SP, right? So what's interesting when we look at all this is what does that mean for the the lines for defensemen, right? Do do we see something different? Well Jesse Anderson played on defense and he's an offensive guy. He's very good. And I think I I, I said on my Facebook post, I thought he was out, he was out of Position a little bit, not because he was doing anything wrong. He is a natural forward, and he can move around. And he's got speed, and he's got skill. And his first, in, you know, intention is doing that. Well, him being um, matched up with JT Walters, I thought was uh, really good, and it's a very good possibility he'll be there again. Uh, Liam Anderson um, and Stone uh, will will possibly be together, and then we got um, Weber and Ballard uh, on defense, that's probably how the defensive pairings are going to possibly look, and and or maybe even, um, uh, you know, those are the six guys that will probably be on defense this weekend. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that all turns out. Again, there's still a practice and a a game day skate, but this is what I'm getting so far. Uh, this upcoming week's games. Versus the one and one Danbury hat Now you to remember Danbury lost their first game against Watertown uh, last week, and then they uh, won Game Two last weekend. Um, so they're they're a, they, they got a one one record right now. Coach Sherwood has been waiting for this weekend and says his team will be ready. So we'll see how that all plays out. Binghamton last played the hat tricks in Game Three loss in the Game Three loss in the playoffs last season, which eliminated the Black Bears. All right. So we'll have game recaps after both games. Um, I'll be at the arena on Saturday for the home game, my first home game since just before COVID. So I'm excited to get back and uh, check out, obviously, the arena. It's been a while. I missed the arena. It's like a second home to me, so I'm very excited to do that. And uh, But I'm very excited. I'm glad that you guys are here to be able to listen to me interview Brooks Hill. Uh, Great interview. He's a great guy. He's got a great future ahead of him in broadcasting. And uh, the YouTube broadcast this past weekend was really good. And I'm excited to see how it is in Danbury as well. So coming up next here on the Powerplay Post Show is Director of Media Relations and broadcasting right now for the Binghamton Black Bears. He is Brooks Hill. We'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show.
0: If you're a Binghamton Hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Hi, this is Don Biggs from the 92-93 Binghamton Rangers. Hi, this is Brandon Buchinsky. This is Grady Wittenberg, the voice of the Binghamton Senators, and you're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. I'm very excited to have this gentleman on uh, with us. He comes to us from the Binghamton Black Bears. He is their director of broadcasting and media relations. He is Brooks Hill. Brooks, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you about a week ago at Media Day and get to talk to you for a little bit. You're probably one of the busiest guys in the team on the staff, probably leading up to the start of the season. I could only imagine how busy you were. But thank you very much for coming on. I wanted to wait until we got through the first game and everything and uh, give you some time to breathe and and relax a little bit. But thank you very much for coming on to the to the show,
2: yeah, absolutely, Bob. Big fan of the show. Uh, always make it uh, a point of mine to listen every week, and you know, maybe pick up on some things that I had missed uh, going on around the league uh, the week before.
1: Um, Brooks, let's talk a little bit about. I mean, this you you're you're from Wake Forest, North Carolina, and uh, you know, obviously a different part of the country. I wouldn't say it's completely south, but it's. It's south from here and everything. Um, When I think of south, I think of Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, you know, states like that and everything. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the difference that you have really kind of had to get used to between North Carolina and New York. Uh, Other than the weather, we know that's a little bit warmer, a little bit sunnier down there in North Carolina than it is here in Binghamton, New York sometimes. But what are the other differences?
2: Uh, I think um I think people would drive faster up here a little <laughs> bit. Uh and you know, I um it's funny, I was talking with uh, my roommate and it's really funny to see how like every time it snows how many snow plows are out on the road and they all say, you know, like Broome County or City of Binghamton and uh, like government snowplows. Yeah. That's unheard of. In North Carolina, really, the DOT does not own a snowplow. Like all snowplowing is like all private, and it's kind of like flip flops. Like our um, sanitation and garbage collection Mm -hmm. is all through the county, not um, not privatized.
1: I never thought about. I I never. I never thought about stuff like that. I didn't. I didn't even realize it was that different. Um, North Carolina also used to have. what they would call, I think in Pennsylvania, they called them the blue laws where you couldn't buy alcohol in grocery stores. Is that still the case down there?
2: Uh, no, it's not. Um, okay. You can get beer and wine in a grocery store, but uh, anything else they actually run through. It's funny in North Carolina, they run through the ABC store. Okay. So like all of your um, yeah. hard stuff, you have to go to a, I guess, county regulated and operated store. Again, Something
1: different than like a private store, like up here. Yeah, we're, we're up here. It's it, you could go to a lemonade stand and probably get you know, get it spiked and everything. Um, talk a little bit about growing up in Wake Forest. What was it like? Um, I know you played lacrosse, you were a hockey fan at an early age as well, and everything. Um, and 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 there's some differences between lacrosse and hockey, but there's some parallels that I think people obviously can uh, make as, as well when it comes to lacrosse and hockey. But what was it like growing up in Wake Forest? Obviously a, a historic part of North Carolina. The college started there, moved to Winston-Salem eventually um, and everything. Talk a little bit about growing up in Wake Forest. Oh, well, uh, so
2: I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. um my parents have now been married 32 years uh so i've lived in wake i lived in wake forest my entire life until i went to college um at ecu uh played like you said football and lacrosse in high school and middle school um some club and some school ball and uh very active in the church youth group back home um a wake forest baptist i have some great friends to this day who i talk with over text or Snapchat or Instagram, every single day, uh, from high school, college, uh, back home, just all the old neighborhood kids uh, getting together. Always loved sports, um, but funny enough, never wanted to play like organized team sports as a kid because mm-hmm. I was always afraid of messing up and the coach yelling at me. So, like, I didn't play team. I don't. I didn't play my first team sport until I was in fifth grade.
1: And that, and that was lacrosse or football?
2: That was flag football. flag football. I was on my first lacrosse team when I was in seventh grade. Gotcha.
1: And, and, and you, you were talking to me off-air beforehand. You really love lacrosse. I mean, there, there's a passion for lacrosse that you have, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is truly it's the fastest game on two feet, uh, nonstop action, especially with the way that they've modified some of the rules since I've been in middle school. Mm-hmm. to where they are now but i've always loved it it's a good sport for somebody like me who is undersized um to really you know you can use your body as a weapon you don't have to be a big um you know muscular bodybuilding kind of size to get see any uh playing time on the field and uh there's a spot for you on lacrosse if you know you work hard you can make some cuts and you can hit little speed bursts like in 20 yard increments and uh great hand-eye exercise and it's i think it's helped me and across different sports as i did other things in college intramural things like that um but i truly love it and like you said it is similar to the way the way of the attacking style of trying to score is really similar to hockey you get space behind the net unlike basketball or soccer sure um And, you know, you have guys who specialize in playing defense. You have guys specializing playing offense. You have your, you know, you have your lefties, your righties, and it's good to have a balance of those, like, on your team in both sports. Uh, And I think if people haven't gotten the chance to, you know, go see lacrosse in person or, you know, spend some time watching college or the PLL on TV, uh, I I would be very surprised if they came back and said, that, "Oh, hey, like that's kind of similar, um, especially like with all the hitting that you can do too."
1: And you you were t- telling me a little bit uh earlier as well about uh, when you became a hockey fan and obviously being down in North Carolina, you can't become a hockey fan and not be a Hurricanes fan. Um for you when it, when it came to learning about hockey and, you know, just kind of in getting into the game and starting to enjoy it and what and whatnot. Um, tell, tell everyone about the age that you started kind of getting into hockey and watching hockey.
2: Yeah, so the Hurricanes won the Cup in the 5 06 season,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and my first game that I ever went to was in the 06-07 year. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably made the mistake of never watching a game on TV before I went to a game, so... Mm-hmm. You know, my little, I believe, second grade, you know, mind really couldn't handle maybe how fast the puck was moving and keep up with it for a good understanding. But, um, you know, they played Wayne Gretzky's uh, Arizona Coyotes at the time and lost two to nothing. And I just remember getting a Rod Brandemore shirt from the store and from then on, like, I was really hooked, and it became routine watching all 82 games uh, every year until we started going more consistently. I started spending my own money once I was working uh, a job at 16 and went when I was back home from college, everything like that. And I've, just, I've always been in love with the game of hockey ever since I went back in second grade.
1: Yeah, and and then obviously you chose uh, obviously to go to college, and broadcasting became a thing. Now you were you you still played uh, college lacrosse, correct?
2: Yes, sir. I Went to uh, East Carolina University in Greenville. Yep. It's about an hour and fifteen minutes east of Raleigh, um, about seventy-seven miles away, and I played all four years at ECU, um, but I didn't start. Really doing anything related to radio or broadcasting besides your typical classes? Sure. And a uh, journalism major until uh, junior year when I became an wow. intern at a uh, pirate radio, which is like a local station right next to campus. It's not. It wasn't student radio. A lot of people get confused about that. It's Like, oh, like oh. it was student radio that you worked on. It's like, oh no, like it's a real, you know. Real tower, real station. Uh, man, I'm trying to remember the call letters. Uh, WBLX, I think, is one of them because they w- have two towers: one in Greenville and one in Washington, Little Washington, as they say in Greenville.
1: I think it was WDLX. That's what that's uh, what I see in the press release from when you got hired with okay. the Black Bears. Yep. WDLX in Greenville. So, um, so wait, so you're telling me. You didn't really get the broadcasting bug into your junior year of college. Well, I
2: think that was when I had that's when I started getting the experience where I always knew I wanted to be involved in sports media. Gotcha. Um fun fact, back in the day, I used to have the uh, 2006 Carolina Hurricanes Stanley Cup Champion DVD. Oh. And my mom had a Chevy Suburban and that would be the only DVD in there, and every single day, I would watch the same DVD and just pause <laughs> it, and whenever we got back in the car, pick it back up. It was at the point yeah. where I think I had the entire DVD memorized, word for word, and like, you go through the regular season, then each round of the playoff uh, for them, and each Stanley Cup final game against Edmonton had its own like episode in there,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I think it drove my parents crazy, but... They say that's where like, they knew that broadcasting was going to be something for me. Truth be told, I really didn't want to do broadcasting probably until junior year of high school. I wanted to be an athletic trainer
3: because sure.
2: I was taking athletic training as a sophomore. I had come to the terms that, hey, I'm probably not going to be a professional athlete. Like, It's just not in the cards for me
1: so brooks we all okay. go we all we all go through that we all we all have yeah. that moment in our high school career where we're like yeah this isn't going to happen
2: yeah well luckily for me i we had a great athletic trainer at my high school and he would teach the it was an elective class um and i really enjoyed it a whole lot and mm-hmm. you know he was talking to me about it and he was like hey like this is what I had to do to, you know, get certified. And it's like, you got to go to undergrad. Then you got to get your master's. And then you got to, you know, try to get residency with a school and everything like that. It's like, you yeah. got to take all these science classes. And I was like, oh, man, like, science is not my thing. Uh, so then the next year I took journalism instead of athletic training again. Right. And she was like, oh, can you write a story about the Powderpuff game? Yeah. Uh, like, next Saturday. And I was like, okay. Turned it in to the teacher. Norma Weekman was her name. And she was like, oh, I have another Austin in my class who... Um, Austin was, like, the first, like, guy who did broadcasting and did PA at the school while he was uh, still in high school. He's like, you can write sports technically. Uh, and, like, that's something we haven't had in a couple of years. And I was like, oh, okay. So, take journalism again. The next year as a senior thinking hey that was a pretty fun class I got an A in it like wasn't too hard of a work and you know you only get like stressed like once or twice a year like trying to make a deadline but pretty neat and then I get pulled out of class on like the second Monday of the school year and I'm thinking what did I do wrong already that I'm getting a talk to in the hallway and I'm just running all the scenarios in my head like how am I going to tell my parents I got in trouble already. Because I was a good kid in school, and she was like, "We're gonna make you sports editor this year, and like you're getting honors credit for it." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I banged a locker so hard that it <laughs> popped open. Uh, like I was just so pumped up, and I was like, "Okay, like this is it. Like this is what I want to do. I want to do. I want to do sports journalism." And I guess I just got good at talking fast.
1: Well, it definitely helps with obviously calling uh, hockey games and everything. Um, so, so talk about the phone call or the email or however you found out about Binghamton. Obviously, the first year, of the Binghamton Black Bears, Rob Lopolis, uh, who uh, was here uh, with the Binghamton Devils, uh, he interned with Grady, you know, through the with the Binghamton Senators and kind of went off on his own for a little bit. Uh, I think he was down in. Texas for a little bit, El Dorado, um, and then finally made his way back here. Uh, He gets the call to go to the ECHL with uh, the Adirondack uh, Thunder, and then all of a sudden, boom, now we have Brooks Hill. Talk a little bit about that phone call, that that message. How did you uh, find out that you were coming up here?
3: Yeah, so
2: funny enough, uh, I... uh Applied for a job on a team that, let's just say, is no longer a part of the league. Let's leave it at that.
1: Fair enough. Um, Fair enough.
2: And I went through the interview and had a second interview. And then they said, we want you to come up to X location for the weekend, meet the owners, everything like that um and like you have a place to stay everything like that like oh cool like are you gonna pay for my flight up there and they're like no uh but like you have a place to stay like when you get back and i was like okay like red flag starting to go off a little bit (laughs) uh and i was like oh like hey send some follow-up emails like hell hey like can you talk to me about the uh like, about the salary and everything like that. Like, oh, that's something you can talk to with the owners, like, once you get up here. And it's like, you guys are withholding a ton of information before I even get up here.
1: Makes you nervous, right?
2: Yeah, very, very. So I reached out to a guy you might know. His name is uh, Drew Blevins. Yep. Um, He used to be the play-by-play and PR guy for the Carolina Thunderbirds.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And then... Uh, Fable marksman, and now he's over in the ECHL, like Rob. But he is over in uh, Rapid City, right, with the Flames affiliate. Uh, and we had worked together in the past in baseball because uh, he was filling in for my mentor one night. And he was like, "Oh, he's in hockey. Like, you got to give Drew a call." And I was like, "Okay." I did. Went to voicemail. Got nervous, and I was like, "Okay." Like, I got to get to decision time. Drew calls me back. And we have like a 20-minute conversation, and basically it boiled down to, Brooks, I know you want to work in hockey. You don't want to work in hockey this bad (laughs) uh, for this job. And I was like, okay. And I'm kind of bummed out because at this point I have not had a full-time job yet. I'm at 24, Mm -hmm. two years out of college, you know. The pandemic, you know, got me a little bit of leniency from my parents. but it's like, "Hey, like, what are you doing?" I was working part time as a traffic producer, like at a local uh, station in Raleigh, mm-hmm. doing some other stuff for them, coaching lacrosse. So I was working three part time jobs just to make some money. But like, didn't have that full time job or anything like that. He says, "Hey, I know a job that's going to open up in the same league in Binghamton, New York, next week." I know the guy who used to have the job, and I know the owner. He's like, I'll put in a good word for you. Uh, i nice. was like, okay. And sure enough, a couple of days go by, I get an email um, from Rob Lapolis And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, are you still looking for a job in hockey? And I was like, yes, I am. He's like, okay, I'll pass it on to our owner. Uh, Andre says, oh, like, hey, like, yeah interview calls me, said he's actually gonna be with Rob Lapolis, the guy who used to have the job. Like I told him he had to he had to be the one interviewing people for it. Right. So I have a call with Rob that goes about for like forty five minutes. Hmm. And then sure enough I go downstairs. I'm still living at home with my parents. Talk to them about how it went. It's like, Well you were on the phone for a while, so maybe that's a good sign. Yeah, and while I'm explaining to them about how the conversation went, Andreas texts me and says, "Hey, Rob liked you, so we're going to offer you the job. Uh, can you start on this date?"
1: <laughs> which I was like, "Whoa!" Which you didn't have much time to get up here. Uh, I mean, because I know Rob was still working the job up until very close to September before all of a sudden, boom, he he's got to go uh, obviously to Adirondack or go up to Glen's Falls and everything. So you didn't have much time from finding out when you had it before you got up here.
2: Yeah, that's correct, Bob. And, uh, you know, all of this takes place in the month of September.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So,
2: like, they – I think they had a preseason game um, that I think – like, in the grand scheme of things, I think Andreas probably wanted me to go and do, like, the preseason game. Mm -hmm. But that was the day I ended up moving up here. I moved up October 1st. My first day in the office was October 3rd, and we played October 14th at home. Uh, against Elmira back when they were the mammoth. but um, it was a very quick turnaround. Like as soon as I, you know, said okay, like I'm gonna do this.
1: Um, how did you? It became, how did? How did you not have a panic attack within those couple weeks of getting here before getting on? You know, doing that first broadcast. How did you not have panic? I mean, I, I know me. I was like if I only had a couple weeks to. To basically learn a whole roster, basically learn a whole new, I mean, audio setup, you know, and everything. What people don't realize is, especially with YouTube and having a radio station this year, obviously, no radio station makes things a little bit simpler and everything, probably in the grand scheme of things. But you had to come up here in two weeks, learn a roster meet a staff that you'd never met before and everything, because the one guy you talked to probably the longest, Rob, he's gone and everything, right? And You yep. had a couple conversations with Andreas. I can't imagine, I, to, to me, it's a very difficult thing to do what you did so quickly and then I think within a few games you had it down pretty good. Well, oh, thank you.
2: I do appreciate it. I know opening night was very rough, and um, to this day, I'm petrified to go back and watch that game because <laughs> I don't want to put myself through the misery of how I found it then, and then the way that everything was. But you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like there was a there was not a lot of time to learn the roster and get the pronunciation, spend time around the guys, uh, trying to find any storyline that you can get. It was this kind of, oh, people are, uh, this guy was on the team last year. This guy's pretty good. Um, this guy's going to get cut next week, so you don't need to spend too much time on it. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, we have, uh, first day in the office was Monday. Oh, yeah, we have a coach's show at Tully's on <laughs> Thursday. Um, also, Josh can't be there to produce it, so you have to learn how to set up all the audio equipment and the video and everything like that. that was uh, That was a wild ride. And then the week of the game, uh, me, Trevor, uh, from the front office who does corporate sales and the game operations, along with Bobby, who does the ticket sales, right we're all hanging we're all hanging the new advertisement signs and all the dashers in the arena um after practice every day so we were spending we were spending so much time on all the other stuff is I truly and I don't want to make an excuse for myself because I didn't get the uh, I didn't get a ton of time to you know, be the most prepared that I could be. Uh, and I, I feel like that that week I was carrying homework every single day trying to email people that mm-hmm. used to be a, one of Rob's clients, uh, just being like, introducing myself to them and, you know, at the time talking to all the iHeart people, being like, oh, hey, we still need this commercial and everything like that. Like, can you test the device right now? Uh, I've never worked with a Conrex machine before. Yep. I'd always just use a simple audio mixer. Yep. So that was new. I had done work with ESPN Plus uh, prior, but for that, you're fortunate enough that all you have to show up, all you have to do is show up with your notes, and you can go from there. Uh, Like they have your headset, they got all your cameras, they mix all the audio, everything like that. I remember the last game I did for Duke University is the guy was in the football center on Mm -hmm. campus, and we were over on East Campus where the field hockey. Uh, complexes, and he was producing and changing the cameras, everything like that from a couple miles away. Uh, <laughs> so, it it was a, uh, I think the best thing for me was to not show everybody, like, that I'm freaked out, and maybe it's kind of like bottling up on the inside a little bit, but I think it was a, uh, I think it's, you know, being in sports kind of makes you ready for a moment like that like yeah. hey sometimes you only have 10 seconds and you need a goal okay like are you gonna panic as soon as the referee blows the whistle or do you just kind of stay calm and you know do what the coach said and if it works out it works out it's not hey it's okay whatever move on next one i think that was kind of the mentality i had at the beginning
1: you're absolutely right i remember in january of 2011 I'd already been doing the show for about seven years, seven almost six and a half seasons done of the show. So, you know, getting interviews and stuff was really easy, really easy to do and everything at that point and whatnot. I get a phone call. The Manchester Monarchs were here in Binghamton, New York. I get a phone call from Ken Kale, who was the Manchester Monarchs uh, broadcaster for every single game. And he calls me up and he goes, Bobby. I was like, hey, Ken, how you doing? Are you guys in town? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you going to be at the game tonight? I was like, yeah. He goes, can you put a suit on? I was like, why? He's like, well, I want you to call the game with me. And this was at about 4.30 in the afternoon. And obviously game time in Binghamton is always uh, you know, 7, 7.05 and everything. And, of course, was I prepared? Did I have notes in front of me for the game to be a color commentator? Absolutely not, but that's the way it goes. Sometimes in sports broadcasting, you get opportunities, and sometimes you got you know uh, a week to get ready for a whole season, or you have uh, three hours to get ready for a game when you've never done it before and everything. And I remember afterwards, he said, "Oh, so this is the first time you've ever done this." I was like, "Yeah." He goes. I, I wouldn't have known, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Well, I am sweating so bad, I cannot wait to take this jacket off, and it was middle of January, and it was like uh I don't know, probably like thirty degrees, maybe even less than that out there, so I totally get what you went through. My next question is, when did you start having fun because that's the hardest part is is you know getting rid of all the stress, taking away all that stuff. And when you're doing stuff like this, like for me right now, I'm having fun talking to you about hockey and, and about broadcasting and stuff like that. When did you start having fun that first season?
2: Uh, well, I'm having fun talking to you too, Bob. Let's get that <laughs> squared away. Nice. I I would probably have to say around New Year's like New Year's Eve.
1: So it took you a couple um, months to really get into it.
2: Have yeah, fun. I mean, there, there. I don't get me wrong. Like, there are moments like where I had fun, like with people in the office, and sure, everybody, everybody being so close and age to each other, it kind of feels almost like an extension of college. Sometimes, like we're always just like in grad school, um, together, and it's like, oh yeah, we're also running a hockey organization <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, but like actually like talking about the games, I think when Alex Jones came on and started hopping on color and I got to stop doing it by myself at home. There you go. I think that was really big because I'm not having to constantly do, uh, I guess, analysis, ad read, and play-by-play all through the night. Um, and I, I don't want to sound um, like a suck-up, but when Coach Sherwood came in, uh, me and him hit it off very well uh, with each other. I remember we were on the way to Watertown. Mm-hmm. It was his first game, and Andreas had texted me saying, "Hey, can you remind the guys on the bus that we have the uh, New Year's Eve party tomorrow night after the game, being on the thirty-first uh, at the uh, rest on a restaurant in downtown Binghamton?" And so I'm sitting up at the front of the bus, like the media members do.
3: Yep. And I'm like, "Hey,
2: like, hey guys." Uh, You know, just a reminder, and, you know, I expected not everybody to listen. I had a couple of eyes, but Brant just screamed, everybody, shut up. (laughs) It's like, when somebody from the front office is talking, you guys are going to listen. And I was like, whoa. And then it was dead quiet. And then I gave my spiel, and then everybody was at the restaurant the next night for New Year's Eve. And... It was, uh, it was pretty solid, and, uh, you know, we 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 spent a lot of time together on the road, mm-hmm. uh, like fostering relationships, everything like that. I got to go with him to Chicago, so me and him have turned out to have a great friendship. We don't see eye-to-eye on everything. Sometimes he tells me stuff that he's going to do, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's different. I wouldn't do that, but, you know, uh, I... I think a lot of people just think, "Oh, everybody disagrees with everything that he does." Like, "Well, that's not true. Like sometimes I don't." But
3: yeah.
1: you know. And it's okay to uh, disagree. And especially if you do it in a respectful way or you have that kind of um relationship or that communication where you can, you know, respectfully disagree. It it's okay to have that. And and I, I unfortunately in our world today, I think people have forgotten how to dis disagree with each other in a respectful manner um unfortunately and everything and it's good it's good that you can have that i I know my conversations with with coach sherwood recently have been um you know interesting and i'm learning a lot more about him i've had him on the show a couple times i've talked to him and everything and uh you know i i find his enjoyment of the game and his excitement for certain players and you know uh you know, being successful, very infectious. He, I, I I I don't. I think if someone has a criticism towards the coach, thinking that he makes every single decision about every single player or whatever, he's wrong. That's one of the things I noticed about you last year. You actually stood up for certain situations that were being talked about either on Facebook or whatever. Um, and you know, it's like. People have to realize the coach is not the be-all, end-all of every single player decision that's out there. Sometimes it's the player. Sometimes it's an ownership. Sometimes it's even beyond that and everything. And I like the fact that you felt comfortable enough near the end of the season to start really kind of, I don't want to say defending a friend or a colleague or whatever, but you, you just you spoke up and you had an opinion, but you did it in a in a respectful way because, you know, unfortunately when you do make comments like that you're talking to your 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 fan base and everything um but in the same regard i think it was deserved
2: well thank you and it definitely did it, i wouldn't have been able to do that at the beginning of the year that's for that's for sure no um but really i would think like once we kind of you know hit our stride once we got done with the southern road trip uh, and we got back, and we made that like final push towards the playoffs. Went on that win streak. I, those are the games that I pulled uh, from like for my demo tape yeah. to update it every year. Cause like, hey, like that's when I felt like me and Alex had like the best chemistry after doing games solo for two weeks straight. That we kind of came back, and you know, we had that good game against Elmira for sock out cancer, and then we had first responder night against Columbus. And we had a good end to the season, and then the two like when we brought Cole on to do a three person broadcast for the playoffs against Watertown. Like that's when like, those are the like two to three weeks slates that I think I was enjoying it the most. And it was just really unfortunate that uh, you know it ended the way it did in Danbury. And I mean, I remember I was starting to get a little emotional about like, oh man, like we had. We had come this far, everything like that, and that's how I was honestly wiping my eyes a little bit, not going to say crying, so that's not true, but uh, getting choked up a little bit as, like, you know, the handshakes were going on. Yeah. And, and, like, hey, like, I just completed a season where I moved eight hours away from anybody that I know. Mm -hmm. My parents are back at home. All of my close friends are relatively in the still North Carolina, South Carolina area. And I'm the person who is like so far away. Uh, So uh, that was just a culmination of feelings and everything like that, because I'm not the only one working hard in the office. Um, Kelsey and Julia last year, Mm -hmm. uh, Trevor, Bobby, Alex, EJ now on our graphics, like everybody works so hard. And I think, some people don't understand like how few people we actually have there on like on a daily basis, like doing this
1: thing called hockey. Putting it all on, um, yeah, without a doubt. So the decision to the first time in I think forty six years in Binghamton to not have a radio station broadcasting um, hockey. I know you mentioned it during the uh, the game last week and and uh, even probably commented that, you know, I know some people may not be happy about this, but we're YouTube only this year and everything. Was that, I, I don't know if that was a decision that was made by Andreas, the radio station, or whatever, um, but i got to be honest with you, when I watched the broadcast on YouTube, it went really well. The commercials in uh, for the breaks was nicely done, and the best part about it was it didn't seem like it was a, a radio broadcast trying to be put onto YouTube. It felt like, finally, um, a a broadcast that was meant for visual as much as anything else. Does that make sense? Yeah, well,
2: yes, it does. And, you know, thank you for the kind words because, you know, Josh, our video director, also does... Um, he, he's a wizard. I say it all the time at Tully's. Josh is a wizard. He's been working for the hockey team for many years, and uh, now he's a, uh, he's a firefighter with the Johnson City Fire Department. So he's always staying busy, and when we get him uh, in the building and he's always helping out, he makes things so much easier. Um, I don't feel like he's talking down to me, and he's not making me feel dumb when he's like explaining stuff to me on, like, how to do a certain thing. Like, we were walking through how to set up the equipment for the road broadcast this year because yeah. something that we haven't had is video on the road. And the way that uh, we came to the decision to do YouTube only, and, you know, me and Andreas met during the off-season multiple times, and quite frankly, we weren't happy with the radio station not fulfilling on their end on some of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, when they went through a personnel change on who technically like, oversaw our account, we were not notified mm-hmm. about like, who the new person was. So I was sending dead emails out to somebody trying to communicate with them, and nobody was responding. Uh, we never got the ratings uh, for, to let us know how many people are listening to our games, uh, whereas YouTube, it'll tell us exactly how many people are listening at the current moment how many people have listened and how many people have watched it after the game has ended. And unfortunately with no way to track how many people are listening on the radio, we kind of saw it as a sunk cost where, Hey, like we can just do video only if we can get some other teams in the league to kind of step it up a little bit Mm -hmm. and like commit to, Hey, Everybody does YouTube, and, you know, if we let you do it in our arena, where we do have, you know, very nice equipment, yep. can you let us do it in your arena? Yeah. And, uh, like like you said, some people have said that they're upset that we're not doing it on the radio because they don't have a smartphone, or, you know, they're a one-computer household with access to YouTube, Uh. But
1: well I also think it's I think, it would, I, I think it's the combination of, of, of obviously those type of parameters but at the same time there are so many people that just would turn on the radio broadcast and listen and you know you, you know like if they were at work or you know uh, you know driving in the car you turn on the radio oh well oh there's there's Brooks and the black Bears or you know Grady and the senators or or Roger Neal and you know but that's Again, that's the past and the future is what makes sense. One of the things that I don't think fans truly understand that you and I understand is something you just brought up, which is the quantifiable numbers that you can get from YouTube and use that to sell to your advertisers is much better than the radio that you really don't get a good, true sense of of how many people are really listening. And I think that's important. And I think that's probably one of the big reasons why you guys made the decision that you did.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And, uh, you know, technology has a way of, you know, kind of evolving. You know, we've seen, like, there was a time where you weren't watching sports on television. You could only get it on radio. And then they started putting them on television. And now we have, you know, streaming where... I can watch the Hurricanes play every single game, mm-hmm. even though I'm eight hours away yep. uh, from their arena.
1: So, Brooks, before I let you go, let's talk a little bit about this uh, current team. They won the game 7-3 to um, against the Elmira River Sharks. I know there are people in Elmira still looking for a shark in the Susquehanna and Shenango Rivers. You're not going to find any guys. It's, it's okay. It's okay, but... Um, It was a good game, I thought, for the Black Bears. I thought uh, uh, Nolan Egbert played really well in net, his first pro game. Um, I really liked the line combinations. I know with uh, some players coming back from the SP, the lines will kind of shift a little bit again as, you know, Coach Sherwood's trying to find it. What were your thoughts on that first game?
2: Uh, I... I predicted that it was going to be six to two, so I was one off on each side.
1: Yeah,
2: um, I didn't think it was going to be ten to one, uh, like it was a year before. And quite honestly, I'm kind of glad because that forces me to stay locked in a little bit longer. <laughs> um, and then I thought that the guys played very well. I think that a lot of people had concern about oh, all all these people on this team haven't ever played a game in the Fed. Well. Truth be told, I don't think that really means too much. You know, a lot of these guys were in a disciplined system for four years right before they came here yeah. where, you know, they're going to class every day, they're going to practice, they're lifting weights, everything like that. They, they, they're they on a routine, and now they just get to play hockey. And I think the guy – I think the true rookies really showed out really good. I love that uh, Brendan Sanko finally got his first goal as a Black Bear. Yep. Um, I love, absolutely love, the line of Ray, Stanko, and Smith.
1: That was great.
2: Uh, I think, I'm gonna, I am gonna. mean, this is going to air, obviously this is airing after the game, but I was going around telling everybody this is the line that's going to be the dominant line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stanko plus five, Smith four point, yep. Tommy Ray first goal as a pro. Uh, He was working at Home Depot a couple years ago and get scouted and it's like, hey, you should come to their Binghamton Black Bears free agent camp at you know, at a rink in Florida. Like, it's a great story. Um I think other guys like, you know, Thompson, Kirkby, uh, even though they scored, they're like they're take time, they're take time and they're still gonna be like heavy lifters on the squad. But it was really good to see those guys, like the young guys, really shine on night one because I think that is what a lot of people had the most concern about.
1: I think it went well. I, I'm excited for this uh, this weekend's games against Danbury. You guys go to Danbury on Friday night and then uh, host the Danbury Hat Tricks in Binghamton, obviously, on Saturday night. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Danbury is a lot different than they were. I, I know the head of the ship is still there, Bill McCreary, who is a great coach and puts in good systems, And but they had a lot of movement as well. And uh, it'll be very interesting. And, of course, Dustin Gesso will get to play against his former team. And let's see if that uh, lights a fire under his butt a little bit. He had the goal um, against the Elmira last week, which is great and everything. But it'll be interesting to see how they do against Danbury. And I know when I talked to Coach Sherwood um, in his office on media day, one of the things that he said to me was – because I asked him, I said, when you saw the schedule – you saw that first game against Danbury. Did you circle it? And he just looked at me and he had a big smile on his face and said, oh yeah, I'm ready for that game.
2: I think a, lo- I think a lot of them are. Um, I was talking to Brendan last night at the coach's show and mm-hmm. you know he only played uh, the last five games of the regular season last year. Uh, Danbury wasn't a part of that and he had a uh, he had a family situation come up where he knew that he was not going to be able uh, to participate in the playoffs for the Black Bears, so uh, his playoff spot went to somebody else. Which a lot of people don't also understand. Like, oh, like, yep. why is so and so not playing? Yep. Like, hey, there's more that goes on into it that you know we can tell people at the time. But he actually never played, like, he's like, I've never played Danbury. I've only seen it on video. <laughs> and it's like, I want it. And he's like, I want, like, I, I want to go to there. Like, I want to see the animal house. It's like, we're going into there, and, like, we're the villains, like, that night. Yeah. And, it's like, like we're the villains, and then we turn right around on Saturday, and then we're the heroes. It's, like, it's just so cool, like, how that works. Um, I know that was a really neat perspective. Like, I don't see too many people being like, I want to be the villain. Yeah, like I want them yelling at me nonstop.
1: And uh, then, and then the next, and then the next day, you're the hero and everything. Uh, especially if they come back and they win, obviously, in Binghamton on Saturday. Hopefully, they win both games against Danbury. It's about time we got our uh, got 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 our got our piece when it comes to uh, the Danbury hat tricks. Uh, Brooks, thank you very much for coming on. Obviously, fans, if you want to hear Brooks. You basically got to watch the game, and it's on YouTube. So just go to the new um, Binghamton Black Bears YouTube page. Check them out every single weekend, um, well, every Friday and Saturday at least for for most of the season and everything. They're going to do the road games this year, which is pretty cool. Um, Brooks, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Anytime. Looking forward to hopping back on later in the season.
1: Awesome. He is Brooks Hill from the Binghamton Black Bears, and we'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show.
0: a binghamton hockey fan then you need to check out binghamtonhockey.net for all your news stats information the binghamton hockey hall of fame top 10 lists profiles and so much more that's binghamtonhockey.net you're listening to the power play post show
1: And welcome back, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Second episode of season number 13, our lucky season 13. And I'm just really excited uh, that everybody is tuning in, following us on uh, Power Play Post Show's Facebook page. And just really uh, enjoying this season already. Uh, The Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts and subscribe. Um, I also want to uh, ask you please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Go to uh, Facebook and search for the Power Play Post Show and share any of our show posts to all your friends. Check out binghamtonhockey.net for all your Binghamton hockey information and curiosity. And thank you to Rob Lopolis, our MC, John Petitucci, our musical director, and our guest this week, Brooks Hill. Folks, Enjoy the games this weekend against the Danbury Hatricks. And fans, if any of you are going down to Danbury, just always remember, be respectful when you're in their rink, as you would expect us to, as people to be respectful. Remember Wilkes-Barre and Rochester coming in. Just be respectful when you go into their rink, like you would want those guys or Danbury now coming into our rink, like always. And uh, be safe, number one. And let's hope that the Black Bears can secure two more wins this weekend. Thanks for listening to the Power Play Post Show. We'll talk to you guys again next week.
0: for listening to this edition of the power play post show be sure to tune in next week to the box studios radio network for all the latest black bears news and interviews from around minor league hockey the power play post show would like to thank john patitucci for all the music you hear on the show you've been listening to the power play post show